Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Yes. <laughs> and leap out and of their Lucy. chair to go make sure they have chapstick and that their lava lamp is turned on. <laughs> yeah, Lucy's pre-recording checklist is detailed. <laughs> is your candle lit? Is your candle lit? Is your lava lamp turned on? Do you have your chapstick? Do you have a new coloring sheet? Do you have your coloring sheet? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) All right. We are good to go. Oh, God. Speaking of over-preparing. Who are we? This week's... Oh, (laughs) under-preparing. I'm Kenyon. (laughs) Speaking of being totally on top of it. (laughs) Speaking of knowing what the fuck they're doing after three years. Oh, my God. I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. (laughs) The rootinest, tootinest cowboy in the West. (laughs) I don't know. That just felt like the aesthetic of how I just said my name. You are both rootin' (laughs) and tootin'. Thank you, honey. Mm-hmm. I literally had to mm-hmm. go out for lunch today because I was farting so much in the confined space of my own home that I couldn't enjoy my food. <laughs> I had to go somewhere with with more tootinist. spreadable air. You are the tootinist. I am the tootinist I mean, cowboy in the West. You are you are in a tiny basement apartment, mm-hmm. so yeah. Really it's basically easy. a hot like, box. It's Dutch ovening myself every time I rip ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that. Anyway, right. speaking uh, of elegance, speaking, <laughs> speaking of being so ladylike, um, our fan pick this week—it's a very special fan pick brought to you by V Arrow. Yes, mm. Cupid's V Arrow. And V Arrow has selected the topic of pageant crimes, which I honestly cannot believe we haven't done before. I know. It's so good. So good. Mm -hmm. I'm just excited. Let's get right into it. Amanda, what is our wine crime pairing for pageant crimes? Well, prepare yourself for my flawless Italian, because today we are drinking Wink's Piu Gioia, which translates to more joy in Italian. And what is more joyful than having the crown affixed to to thine head <laughs> during a pageant win? Oh my god. Okay. I have it's this wine stretch. in my I have this wine in my fridge. I get it in it's, my wink box every time. I fucking love it. It's so good. Yeah, I've ordered it. Yeah. She good. Yeah. And speaking of mm. your Wink box, if you aren't already checking out Wink Wine Club, what you doing? You got to get on our mm. level. They literally deliver wine to your door. You can order a la carte off of their website or you can become a member, which I highly recommend because you get member pricing and they make recommendations based on like your order history. So they'll be like, oh, you've been ordering consistently a lot of Sauve Blanc. Here's another varietal that we think you'd really love. And I love those recommendations. It's led me down the pathway to different varietals that I have never tried before. 
And if mm-hmm. you have never checked out Wink Wine Club before, do it now by visiting trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com forward slash gals for 20 bucks off your first box of wine. And if you put four or more wines in that box, Wink takes care of the shipping. It's really easy to put it's those bottles best. in there. And we do post like the next couple months upcoming Wink wine pairings on our website, wineandcrimepodcast.com. So you can look ahead and see what we're going to be drinking and put those wines in your cart. You know, take care of that shipping. If it's your first time, get that drink 20 bucks off. Drink along with the show. And drink along with the gals. How <laughs> 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 fun. So, yeah. Drink along with the gals. at trywink.com <laughs> forward slash gals. So anyway, more joy. It's exactly what this crowd-pleasing Pinot Grigio delivers. This wine is no lightweight, though. It's a contender, baby. It's fresh, Mm. bright, and dry. It shows notes of white flowers and peach alongside more traditional citrus and minerality. And I feel like I just described pageant popular gown colors. So we're crushing it. Absolutely. It's special talent is getting you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where some Pinot Grigios can be a bit thin and underwhelming, Pio Gioia has complexity and a longer finish while maintaining a light body and crisp acidity. Again, a pageant contender. I love a long finish. Mm-hmm. Me too. Draw uh, that out. This bottle has tasting notes of lemon and white peach balanced by lip smacking acidity and smooth minerality. This is an absolute pageant queen of a wine. It's super approachable at 12.2% ABV, so you could totally down a few bottles on a patio and not feel inclined to text your ex. Mm. Mm. It's brushed up on that. its current events. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good wine for spring, I feel like. Oh, yeah. It's pageant season, baby. Yeah, get your spray tans on. All right, this is a cracker. Uh, Shall we crack her right open? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, Lucy's going to do the honors this week. Ready, girl? Yes, I'm so ready. Mm. All right, here we go. Crack-a-lackin'. Oh, God, I just put lotion on, though. Hold on. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I need to light my candle in my lava lamp. It was part of my pre-recording routine. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, very gentle crack. Yeah. Nice crack. I had to put my whole fist around it because of the greasy, you know, the hands, the fingers. Hot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, cheers. A chills. Chills. Oh, yeah. This is helping my cleanse for sure. (laughs) Yeah, this is. (laughs) Good thing you're doing that cleanse as we uh, prepare to record this episode and then record a drunk dive. The woman, when I bought the cleanse stuff, she was like, Yeah, if you just stay away from like greasy foods, alcohol, you could lose like five pounds easy. And I was like, That's asking (laughs) too much. Well,. <laughs> yeah, stay away from what now? What if I yeah. don't stay away from those two things. That's like asking mm-hmm. me to stay away from oxygen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. Stay away from water, too. Yeah. I mean, wine doesn't count. Wine <laughs> barely counts. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for why on earth anyone would ever enter a fucking pageant? <laughs> Well, I will start out by saying I had to cut myself off 
from these notes. There's mm-hmm. so much. There's just so mm-hmm. much. I had to stop myself. We would be here all day. Okay, so a pageant, a.k.a. a beauty pageant or a beauty contest, is a competition that has traditionally focused on the judging and ranking of physical attributes of contestants. But now, since we're so woke, most Uh LOL modern contests incorporate personality traits, intelligence, talent, and the contestant's ability to answer the judge's questions about any number of subjects like uh, current events. Uh It's not a beauty contest. Mm-hmm. It's a scholarship program. It's a program. scholarship program. We'll get to the scholarship. A $250 scholarship <laughs> we'll from get to Sarah it. Rose Cosmetics. Uh, so I once got like a $15 scholarship. So $15 yeah. adds up. That is one college textbook, maybe. Not, get it. No, it's not. $15, one five. college it can be. Oh, I thought you said $150. <laughs> No, 15. Oh, One my five. God. <laughs> yeah. That's not even enough for a calculator. Nope. That, <sighs> like, if you stretch it, that's a day's worth of meals at the cafeteria, if you stretch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, not yeah, even dinner. I was dinner. pretty surprised. Oh, God. Okay, well, you were... Wait, was this from a beauty pageant? God, no. <laughs> this was... Okay, this was from... This was from the opposite of a beauty pageant, honestly. I was so excited. It was senior year of college and I got an email that I had won this contest that I didn't know I was, it wasn't a contest, but I had been given this award that I didn't know was even happening. And it was like the women's center in honor of XX alumna, you know, award for feminism stuff, whatever. Obviously, that was the exact title. So, and men got a $30 scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't negotiate, in fairness. So, no. And I was so excited. It sounded so official and like fancy. And there was like an awards dinner. I was so excited. And then it turns out they had like split this award over a certain number of years and recipients. Mm. 10,000 recipients. It was like, (laughs) it was like a $500 reward, but it was split over X number of people. So I got, I mean, it was like, it was definitely under $40. I I think it was 15. It was something so ridiculously paltry that I was like, what? Could you just cash it in? (laughs) Yeah. I don't even remember. I, I think, think this was yeah, organized like the by the same folks who put together that Hellman's mayonnaise photo contest. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a scam. It was, it was so fucking bizarre, you guys. But I put it on my resume. Yes, honey. Take that <laughs> title, baby girl. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Oh, also, I just thought of a drinking game that we should probably play. Done. Every time mm. we quote Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yep. Oh, It's already God. happened. Okay. We'll Twice. say once. We'll take a this sip. is called yeah. the we'll most start. smartest drinking game. There's three. Take a sip. All right. Mm. All right. Gonna need to get another bottle of wine. Mm. I'm gonna be so loaded by the end of this. Okay. So there are four major international beauty pageants for women, and these are Miss World, Miss Universe, Miss International, and Miss Earth. I've never heard of Miss Earth, but I love it. I'll take it. I think Miss Universe is from South Africa currently. I think so too, actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this next part is lifted straight from Wikipedia, but I found it interesting. 
Quote, Miss World is the oldest existing major international beauty pageant. It was created in the United Kingdom by Eric Morley in 1951. And since Morley's death in 2000, his widow, Julia Morley, co-chairs the pageant. It's a family It'd be great thing. if she entered the pageant every year and won every year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Miss Universe is an annual international beauty contest that is run by the Miss Universe organization. The contest was founded in 1952 by California clothing company Pacific Mills, which I thought was a paper company, but you know. The pageant became part of Kaiser Roth and then Gulf Western Industries before being acquired by Donald Trump in 1996 mm. and is currently owned by WME. Ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. And IMG. OMG. Mm-hmm. So Donald sold it. Why did he sell it? Just because? I don't know. He's probably make a fuckload of money off of it. And he's just such a darn good businessman. He couldn't pass it up. Slash no, maybe there right. were too many sexual assault allegations by the contestants to, to like against Donald Trump. Or part of one of his many bankruptcy filings. Yeah, probably. Uh, Miss International, also called Miss International Beauty, is a Tokyo-based international beauty pageant organized by the International Culture Association. That sounds so Japanese, the International Culture Association. Mm -hmm. The pageant was first held in 1960, and Miss Earth is a United Nations-affiliated annual international environmental-themed beauty pageant promoting environmental awareness organized by the Philippine-based Carousel Productions through the Miss Earth Foundation, and their first pageant was held in 2001. So Miss Earth is definitely the freshest. Interesting. Probably why I have never heard of it. So as you can tell, most of these prominent pageants date back to the mid-20th century, which which probably accounts for its fucking archaic parameters. Brazil, Venezuela, the Philippines, and Puerto Rico are among, are the most winningest countries in these pageants. Nice. Mm -hmm. So someone should probably remind Donald Trump which countries were making him so much fucking money at one point in time. Mm -hmm. This is from crystalclearpageantry.com. I'm pretty sure Crystal Clear is somebody's name because it's K-R-Y-S-T-L-E, clear. Into it. Into it. Yes. Crystal Clear. Oh, no. So crystalclearpageantry.com is your crystal clear source for all things pageant related. Oh, thank God. So here's the quote. Thank heavens. Pageants, pageants, and more pageants. (laughs) (laughs) End quote. (laughs) Lions, 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 and more lions. That's why I chose this one. <laughs> there are pageants everywhere. Pageants are like churches. They no. are on every street corner and several in every city, but they are not created equal. You know, like churches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they didn't honey. think through that metaphor. This, no, this website not. is so poorly written, you guys. I, I just love it. wait. Pageants, is it not crystal clear? What? Is it not crystal clear? It's just muddy waters at best. <laughs> nice. It is important to know and understand the different types so you can pick one that best suits your desires and personality. Pageants fall into one of three categories. Glitz, semi-glitz, and natural. 
Because, you know, those are the only three options. So, Glitz, Mm. if you have seen the TLC show Toddlers and Tiaras, you are Mm -hmm. aware of Glitz pageants. Glitz pageants focus heavily on the physical beauty. Contestants will wear heavy makeup, false eyelashes, and spray tans. Flippers, or fake teeth, hair (gasps) hair pieces, and full wigs are also allowed in Glitz pageants. Contestants will wear... Baby doll dresses. This is for children, I'm pretty sure. It is. Baby doll dresses that are adored with sequins. (laughs) Wait, they meant adorned, but wrote adored? Oh, this website was priceless. (laughs) I love it. Adored with sequins, beads, or rhinestones. Their OOC, or outfit of choice, will be over the top and elaborate. So not leggings and no bra and a t-shirt with holes in it. No. I think my outfit would fall under the natural category. Natural. (laughs) I would start my own category (laughs) called garbage. Semi-natural. Deodorant (laughs) is not allowed in the garbage pageant. Gap teeth encouraged. I fall in this. Extra points for a snaggle that causes a speech issue. Hi, I win. I fall into the subterranean category. (laughs) Basement boy would fucking slay the subterranean category of pageants. I'm (laughs) subnatural. Glitz, semi-glitz, and giving up. Yeah. And meh, I was bored. Uh, <laughs> meh should be its own cat. <laughs> Here's your fifteen dollars scholarship this week. You're for a fifteen dollars scholarship <laughs> to the beauty school of your choice. Meh in Moose Lake. <laughs> in Moose Lake in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. <laughs> Oh my god. Drink. Oh shit. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> it's a good thing this is a good wine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moving right along to semi-glitz. Semi-glitz pageants are toned down versions of glitz pageants. They are a variation of a glitz pageant and a natural pageant. Contestants mm. can wear makeup, but the makeup must be age appropriate. What's age-appropriate makeup for a four-year-old? That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lip gloss? Lip smackers. Lip gloss is actually limited to the natural category. We'll get to it. Oh. Also, hair pieces and wigs are normally not allowed in semi-glitz pageants. Last but not least, we got natural. Natural pageants focus on natural beauty as well as internal beauty. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makeup is not allowed for younger contestants unless it is lip gloss. <laughs> wow. False eyelashes, wow. flippers, hair pieces, and spray tans are not allowed. As for which type of best, there is no best. Oh, wait. I wrote that. Which? And I messed up. Which? As, which type? <laughs> as for which type <laughs> is best, there is no best. Quote, The ultimate goal is to manifest a crown. Remember, a crown does always mean a piece of headgear. It can also mean a sign of achievement. Got to get that headgear. That's... Especially if you've got flippers. That's a quote from the website. It does Mm. always mean a piece of headgear. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. All right. So let's briefly continue to 
touch on child beauty pageants because they're so fucking awful. We'll get out of the way. These ghastly competitions attract about 250,000 children annually. Wow. That's a lot. Categories are generally broken down by age. So babies from the time the child can sit up independently to age two. Toddlers, age two to four. Little Miss, age five to seven. Junior Miss, age seven to nine. And preteen, age 10 to 12. Oh, so they don't have a fun one for age 32, uh, body fat percentage <laughs> we'll 99. Get, we'll get to it. As is my physique. We'll get to it. <laughs> Tooth alignment questionable. <laughs> I, Tooth alignment none. I need Hair flippers. color unnatural. I only need bottom flippers, though. I need top flippers. <laughs> I need permanent top flippers. I'm working on it, y'all. <laughs> Mama getting new teeth. So teen pageants <laughs> usually have some sort of scholarship component to emphasize personal development and leadership skills and evidently mm. feminism. Okay. <laughs> Call it what you have to, I uh, guess. <laughs> psychologically... <laughs> There's a higher risk for eating disorders for people who have participated in beauty beauty pageants at a young age. And this is from a Psychology Today article, I know, right? Quote, many experts agree that participation in activities that focus on physical appearance at an early age can influence teen and or adult self-esteem, body image, and self-worth. Issues with self-identity after a child, quote-unquote, retires from the pageant scene in her teens are not uncommon. Struggles with perfection, dieting, eating disorders, and body image can take their toll in adulthood. Mm-hmm. Not all pageant participants, young dancers, or performers will have body issues when they get older, obviously, but some do. So we're not saying that everybody who participates in obviously pageants not all. gets yeah. fucked up, but it's a, it's, a, it's a fairly high rate. There's a higher risk. Mm -hmm. For the girls who do develop image obsessions, it appears that the hypercritical environment of their youth produces a drive towards the unattainable goal of physical perfection. So essentially, being trained at an early age in a highly critical environment to value physical perfection, thinness, athletic prowess, attractiveness, and performance can take a toll on a person's mental, emotional, and physical well-being later in life. And I would argue at the time as well. (laughs) I have one of those things you listed. What, mental illness? (laughs) Physical perfection? (laughs) Actually, now that I'm going... Attractiveness, I think, is the one that I would Mm -hmm. say I have. None of the others really fit except mental illness. I have performance. (laughs) I don't have physical... Prowess, athletic, athletic prowess. prowess. <laughs> Deaf don't have thinness, and I'm far and away removed from physical perfection. I have thin <laughs> hair. <Fucking> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I have very thin hair. I have thin wrists. Does the oh me too? Do these things count? <laughs> this week I have thin poops. Oh my god. I stop your cleanse immediately. Z- <laughs> no. <laughs> I said something to Zach once about how I have thin wrists and he was like, "You think?" <laughs> stop. <laughs> 
kick him out of your home. All husbands. <laughs> he didn't. It like flew out of his mouth. So you could tell he was like, shit, abort, abort, abort. <laughs> I, I can see his face you think? so clearly in my mind. I regret. I've made a huge mistake. I made a fr- huge he mistake. He just freezes. Like a <laughs> like a gazelle being hunted. <laughs> his oh pupils God, just take died. over his whole eyes. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Mm. Okay. All right. I'm fucking crying. So his <laughs> You think? <laughs> he should be a, oh, a judge, a contestant, a contest judge. Do you think you have thin wrists? Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Historically, <sighs> it was P.T. Barnum who is credited for launching the world's first official beauty pageant in 1854. As in, like Barnum and Bailey's Circus. Yeah, P.T. Barnum. Ish. Yeah. And it was deemed so risque that the women had only to submit photos rather than to actually compete in person. Oh, my God. Wow. So it was the original hotornot.com. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Absolutely. Holy fuck. Essentially a con to be like, hey, women, if you think you're attractive, send me your photos and you'll probably never hear back from me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, gross. Oh, my God. Also, allegedly, Thomas Edison judged a pageant in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware in the 1880s. Rehoboth. Yeah. Ish. I hate it. Mm-hmm. At least one beauty pageant in 1935 in Dallas, Texas, made women stand in front of a wooden cutout of the ideal female body shape. And if you fit cool. inside of the cutout you were more likely to proceed to the next round. There is a photo on the drive, which will be on the blog of something similar. The photo that I have I know is, my wrists would fit in the cutout. <laughs> my ponytail would fit. <laughs> it would fit. Oh, shit. My photos are on my laptop. I'm sorry. You are the weakest link. <laughs> Goodbye. show you later. <laughs> it wasn't part of my pre-recording checklist, so I forgot. But my lava lamp's heating up. Nice. Okay. And for the record, speaking of thin hair, the ideal BMI of a beauty pageant contestant in the 30s was 20.8. And the average in 2010 was 16.9. And the National Heart, Blood, and Lung Institute says that a BMI in general under 18.1 is considered underweight and potentially unhealthy. Oh, great. Yeah. Beauty standards. So, Got to love completely them. unattainable beauty standards. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Unattainable and unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So if that didn't enrage you, get a load of this. And this is from bestlifeonline.com. Quote, to compete in Miss America, contest. this is today, by the way. This is a modern thing. To compete in Miss America, contestants cannot be married, divorced, engaged, or have ever had a child. This rule, you can't be what? divorced? Correct. This rule... Or married or engaged or a mom? Gets worse. This rule was enacted after Miss America 1949. Jackie or Jacques Mercer was married and divorced during her reign. According to the Baltimore Sun, as of the year 2000, contestants must take an oath stating, I am unmarried 
and I am not pregnant, and I am not the natural or adoptive parent of any child. Jesus Christ, what a fucking what patriarchal hell? meat market bullshit why, yeah, menu why? that is. Yeah. The judges just want to be able to be creep on people. Literally, it's so they can be like sold to the highest bidder for fucking, for fucking, for fucking. It's really (laughs) gross. It is like a meat market. But don't worry. There are specialty pageant organizations created specifically for plus size women, women under five foot six, older women, (laughs) and married women. I also love all of the above. Older women is anyone over like (laughs) twenty-five. Plus size women is anyone over a size two. Mm -hmm, Like fuck mm -hmm. all of these beauty standards. I am getting drunk right now. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Also, you can drive a boat show through there. Drink. Here we go. Oh, shit. Ass. (laughs) Ass. But. This does mean I do meet the requirements for Miss America. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, you haven't been married, divorced, engaged, or have had a child. Y'all, should I go for it and just get a grassroots (laughs) movement behind me? Do it. Yes. You'll be the Tulsi Gabbard of the Miss America. <laughs> I don't know. Still in it. I think I'd have in more supporters than Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you got Holy two right shit. here, so you're off to a good start. Yes. Oh, my I'm God. I'm fucking doing it. I'm looking online for the rest of your notes to see how to apply for Miss America. So also, this is even worse, until the year 1970, women of color were not allowed to compete on the main stage with white women. And until 1940, Miss America required its contestants, and by that I mean its white contestants, to to prove their lineage back seven generations to show that they were 100% white. Ick, that's like some oh DAR bullshit. God. Can you fucking even? Also, uh, my dreams are already shattered. You can only apply to be a contestant if you are between the ages of 17 and 25. Well, go for the I'm older woman. The older I'm already woman. too road hard and put away wet. Okay, the older what's that woman one called? One. Oh, I what's don't that know. One called? You're also you're also under 5'6, so you gotta do the other pageant anyway. I'll get stilts, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get stilts, girl. Don't you worry about my height. I can stretch. Oh, my God. That <laughs> reminds me. So due to my dr- dry week because of this cleanse, I was at the bar last night playing pool. And um, <laughs> there was this woman. Due to your dry week. <laughs> there was this woman sitting at the bar. She looked like an alcoholic, uh, Maya Rudolph. I almost said Maya Angelou. Maya <laughs> Rudolph. Jesus Christ. And I walked in and I <laughs> very different. Like ordered my uh grapefruit press, which are really Yum. good by the way. Yum. Yeah. Uh and uh she goes she was like, Hey and I was like, Hi, I don't know you, I don't want to talk to you. And then she was just sort of talking to herself. She was just blasted and she just goes, Girl, why are all my boyfriends always dying? And I was like, oh, <laughs> my, are you was it my grandmother? Oh. Did you immediately pull up a stool and get to the bottom of why all her boyfriends were dying? Get she to was, know this beautiful quiz? She was wild. No, 
She was wearing Ugh. like white, like equestrian cowboy boots. <laughs> it I was love really this. odd. Anyway, so <sighs> let's lighten this up a little tad here. Fun fact, a beauty pageant trick to look slim quick is to lather or rather, rather slather one's waist <laughs> with <laughs> preparation H and then wrap mm-hmm. plastic wrap around yourself and do 30 minutes on the treadmill to like tighten up. All right. If they wow. say it works. I'm going to try it. I will try it. So how long does it last for? 30 minutes? Probably. No, probably like a day till you drink water. <laughs> <laughs> till you eat anything. <laughs> till you, you eat one almond and you just balloon yeah. out. Till you swallow your own <laughs> saliva. Yeah, and then you're fucked. Classic rookie mistake. <laughs> so here are some absolutely bonkers types of pageants from days gone by. And this is from Listverse. I fucking love Listverse. Bring it. Miss Perfect Pasture. Oh, I'm out. Gotta sit up straight. <laughs> Miss, I'm hunching more in defiance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Lovely Eyes. Oh, God. I have to show you guys the picture of this, though. I'm Googling Miss Lovely Eyes just for the photo. They wear masks. Oh, my God. No. Are you So you can only ready? judge them by their eyes? Correct. Holy buckets. I am so excited for this. (laughs) Okay, it's loading. Oh my God. All right, it's on the drive. Refresh. Yes. Refresh, refresh. (laughs) Miss Lovely Eyes. (laughs) It's black. It's the black and white photo. Oh, (laughs) no. Oh my God. Those are like. I thought they were going to be like carnival, like Venetian ball masks. It is like serial killer. Scariest thing. They're man in the iron masks. (laughs) And they're in like kind of bathing suits. Yeah, this is clearly a bathing suit portion. I want it to be changed (laughs) to lovely eyes and nose because the noses are also exposed. Well, they have to breathe. Yeah. Do they? Wow. <laughs> this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. I'm zooming in. I know. I'm wow. obsessed. <laughs> and they all look angry. They, they all do. look like they're scowling. Yeah. Like the shape of the mask. Yeah. Holy shit. That is awesome. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> Miss Lovely Eyes. <laughs> okay. We've got nice. We got Miss American Vampire. Ooh, sign me up. This one we could all enter. Miss Beautiful Ape. What the <laughs> fuck is that? What the hell? That's it was not in racist, like 19, it? No, it was in like 1976 when like Planet of the Apes came out. It was a marketing what? thing for Planet of the Apes. So it was just like. Oh my God. It was like, it was like, you know, pretty skinny women wearing like Planet of the Ape like masks, like monkey heads, you know? Yeah. Good so you Jesus don't see their Christ. face. You just see them in bikinis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's cool. Miss Beautiful Ape. Oh, my God. <laughs> Miss. Oh, no. So there were several of these kinds because it was just like a sign of the time. But we've got Miss Atom Bomb, Miss Atomic, oh, and Miss Atomic Blast. I'm here for that one. Wow. I can fart my way to the top of that. <laughs> and the contest. winner, the winner of at least one of these contests, was awarded a ten-pound bag of mushrooms, like a <laughs> mushroom cloud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, dumb. That and is I hate dark. it. It's so yeah. dark. Woof. We got Miss Miss Subways 
as in like the New York like MTA subways. I would Amazing. only enter Miss Subway sandwiches. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Not to but be But even confused. then I wouldn't enter that because fuck Jared. <laughs> we got Miss Prettiest Ankles. Where wow. like, I had a picture also on my desktop. It'll be on the blog. Uh, it appears as though the contestants are like, Sitting with like their like their feet and like lower legs in a like a swimming pool, so the judges can only see that part of their bodies. Yes, yeah. So Miss oh Prettiest Ankles, and last but not least, we have Miss NASA, and I have a description of Miss NASA that will hopefully lead us out on a on a good note. So. From the 1950s to the 1970s, several NASA installations started the tradition of hosting beauty pageants and crowning space queens. The Jet, nice. the jet Propulsion Laboratory, the Lewis Space Center, uh, later known as the Glenn Research Center, and the Johnson Space Center each respectively held Misguided Missile, later Queen of Outer Space, <laughs> <laughs> Miss NASA, and Lunar Landing Festival Queen. And the mm. contestants were female employees of NASA. Love that. Oh, can you imagine? You're just you're just a fucking rocket scientist. You're just a fucking astrophysicist, but they want you to like prance around in heels and it. a bikini in front of your colleagues. I would oh. put on my spacewalk suit with a bikini over it and a pair of six-inch heels and oh. fucking slay. Listen yeah, to that. this. Although <laughs> the winners of these contests were smiling and posing in photographs, many women did not approve of the pageants. In fact, Fine. In fact, their disapproval <laughs> was so strong that during the Lunar Landing Festival Queen contest, a group of feminists swapped the ordinary ballot with a mock ballot, which listed 45 male NASA workers who could yes. be voted as king of the court or boy of the court. Love it. Nice. The men, Resist. The men were shocked. Security was called and all the ballots <laughs> were collected. Oh my God, however, men are so annoying. However, they're so fragile. However, so fragile. mock mm-hmm. ballot results, which portrayed caricatures of the male winners, were distributed by the zealous feminists overnight, yes. deeply upsetting all but Fema, all feminasas. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> deeply upsetting all but one male NASA worker. <laughs> the gay one. It didn't say. The one who the very King sassy, of the court. awesome gay one. It didn't say yeah. which one, but I liked that they noted it deeply upset all but one. Other NASA... And he fucking sashayed into his ship the next oh, day. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Other NASA installations had already ended these space beauty pageants and shortly after this incident the johnson space center also put an end to their annual lunar landing festival queen celebration (laughs) i'm reviving it for flat earthers for flat earthers i'm gonna throw a flat earth festival pageant miss flat (laughs) miss flat and you can only enter if you're a c cup or less a b cup or less yeah oh yeah Oh, my God. So, anyway, that's my seg. And like I said, I could have gone on for days. That was amazing. Yeah. There are a lot of weird fucking pageants out there. Oh, yeah. Turns out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start entering. Fuck it. I want my $15 scholarship. I heard about a pageant uh, 
that's been going on for um, survivors of the Holocaust. Love. Oh, my, I actually love that. Yeah, and so like the winners are in their you know nineties and early hundreds now. Fuck yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's definitely mm-hmm. a specialty pageant. Mm-hmm. Yes, good on ya. All right, should we hear a quick word from our sponsors? Yes, please. Sarah Rose Cosmetics. <laughs> Sarah Rose knows that you're a teenage girl. <laughs> Sarah Rose knows you have an unusual unusual talent. talent. (laughs) Drink. The traditional guidance with fertility has just been like, uh, wait and see. No Mm, promises. Do a handstand for 10 minutes after each coitus. Exactly. (laughs) Fortunately, now we have tools to help us plan and track everything in our lives from finances to steps to careers and school. So why is fertility still like a wait and see scenario? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not. And that is why Modern Fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with that prepaid label that they send you and you will get your personalized results within 10 days. It's mm-hmm. so fast. Mm-hmm. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. And if you go to Modern Fertility, Fertility.com forward slash gals. You can get 20 bucks off your first test. Mm. Mm-hmm. Also, if you have an HSA or an FSA, you can use those dollars on modern fertility, which I love. It. love. You'll get insight into how many eggs you have, hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags that you should be aware of. The results go in-depth into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps, all from the convenience of your own home. It's amazing. So Mm -hmm. if you want kids today or just maybe possibly one day, you need information to make the decision that is best for you. And Modern Fertility gives you that information in the most convenient way possible. Mm -hmm. And right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners 20 bucks off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash gals. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. And who's going to the doctor's office right now anyway? Stay mm-hmm. home. So get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash gals. One more time, that's modernfertility.com slash gals. Treat your eggs. Treat them. All right. My case. June 1994, Florida. It was the 60s. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, it's still the 60s in Florida, and that's what Mm. I love about Florida. Yeah. But the 90s in Florida were a very special time. Also, the 80s in Florida is a Mm -hmm. coveted region and era for me. Uh, My grandmother-in-law's home. I would give anything Mm-hmm. I had. If you mm-hmm. if you presented me with a realistic option to like bring my father back from the dead or spend one week in 1980s Florida, <laughs> I'd go to Florida and he would not wow. fault me at all. <laughs> no. I feel like no. Hollywood had a Beach, lot of time with him. Hollywood Beach 1986 is your general oh. aesthetic. I know. Mm-hmm. I yeah. need it. 
Mm-hmm. You okay. got it. Continue. I'm allowing right. you to continue, but I'm only going to think about that for the rest of the day. Okay. <laughs> 26-year-old Anne-Marie Bloxham was married uh, and a mom to four-year-old daughter. Jetson. Couldn't find out the... Floxum and Jetson. Floxum and Jetson. I couldn't find out the daughter's name, but she was born around 1990, so I think it's safe to assume that it's something something like Tiffany Joe Ashley. Yeah, Tiffany with an I, Ashley with two E's. Barbie Joe. Mm-hmm. Ugh, remember when we passed Barbie Joe's Antiques in Hollywood Beach? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was closed and we all audibly cried in the car in the <laughs> minivan. So the family lived at the Candle Glow apartment complex in southwest Brooksville, Florida. Anne-Marie had already entered little Tiffany Joe Ashley in multiple beauty contests in the past, and the little girl had won several of them. She had, quote, a cardboard box full of trophies. Now, another pageant was coming up in Kissimmee, Florida that weekend, but it would cost an estimated $800 to attend, including entry fees, costumes, gas, and a motel room, which is like a lot of money today, let alone in 1994. Anne-Marie also worked as a waitress at the Bubaloo's Bodacious Barbecue. Here for it. (laughs) Where do I submit my application? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're probably seeking a replacement for Anne-Marie, and we will get to it. Yes. Um, On US 41 outside of Orlando. And again, the location and time period should tell you everything you need to know about this case, but... I yep, will I have go no on further questions <laughs> for just the pure Schadenfreude. Yes. Her husband, Terry, worked as a busboy at another local restaurant, but as you might have guessed, their incomes combined couldn't exactly cover exorbitant beauty pageant expenses for their four year old every weekend. Terry worked the diner all day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of these stats that I read said that. Like the average, like full fledged beauty competition, it costs around six thousand dollars. Oh, it's massively expensive, yeah. and that's actually lower than what a lot of people pay. Because well, that just doesn't the include average. like, yeah, all of the training and the handmade costumes mm-hmm. and the travel. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. Well, that is the average of all of those things combined. I per can't. Thing. That seems way too low. It's really wild per event. Per event. They have to yeah. do, like, oh, that oh, is the, yes. it's the average cost per event of, like, Fuck. like per yep. competition. Okay, I'm already yeah, drunk. You probably have, yeah, you, pr- you probably have to do, like, what, I don't know, 25 a year? Yeah. I have no fucking idea. I don't have to do any, thank you very much. No, you don't have to do any, <laughs> but... I'm jumping uh, in I've late already, in the game, I've but already I'm enrolled dev- you, and the entry yeah. fees are non-refundable, so get ready to I'm go to Kissimmee, Florida. my life to pageantry <laughs> from this day forward. Miss Weak Ankles. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Miss With My Back. <laughs> Miss Type 1 Diabetes. <laughs> Miss Snaggle USA. Miss Ruffy's Flats. <laughs> Miss pear-shaped bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Miss, no, I'm not pregnant. 
No. Stop Miss asking. Bottom Heavy 2020. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. <laughs> Miss <So>, Frankenstein. Miss <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> it me. Okay, so back to this couple. They can't afford fucking pageants for their four-year-old. Here's an amazing quote from a columnist around this time named Celia Rivenbark. Quote, You can imagine Anne-Marie's desperation as she watched the pageant date draw nearer. It's not like sequined evening dresses for four-year-olds grow on trees. And if they (laughs) did, you'd still need matching pumps. (laughs) (laughs) True. Pumps for a four-year-old. I can't wear (laughs) pumps. Miss Miss Weak Ankles. Miss Weak Ankles. I just wear flats and like braces. Miss can absolutely (laughs) wear pumps. Okay, so in quote, financial distress and needing money to make little Tiffany Joe Ashley's beauty pageant dreams come true, (laughs) Anne-Marie hatched a plan. She showed up to work. <laughs> Little Tiffany she Joe showed, Ashley's I love Tiffany Joe Ashley. <laughs> I love her. Right. <laughs> I love her so much. I would die for her. Jesus Joe Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Joe Christ. <laughs> That's gonna be my new my new exclamation. Jesus Joe. Yes, Joe Christ. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Anne Marie shows up to work. Again, it bears repeating that she worked at Bubaloo's Bodacious Barbecue. <laughs> I love that. Hours. <laughs> Amanda hours would make before. a killing. <laughs> I would, oh, she would be running the joint. You would upsell those mm-hmm. gator bites like nobody's business. Oh yeah. my God, mm-hmm. the gator bites. And would you like a side of gator bites to start? Mm, would you like to upgrade right. to a side of gator bites? Your <laughs> sandwich comes with fries, chips, on. a side salad, or you can upgrade to gator bites for $1.99. Ooh, who <laughs> wants a margarita <laughs> over here? Mm, <laughs> bottomless bucket of marks with every sale of gator bites, just $1.99. Bottomless bucket of marks. <laughs> they need That's me. That's a really good bo- deal. If there I'm was a right? restaurant that gave you a bottomless bucket of marks for an <laughs> order of gator bites for a dollar ninety, <laughs> <laughs> I never go home. <laughs> I'd be moving in. I would live there. Upgrade to a bucket. You can take it home. I really, commemorative really bucket bites, for your y'all. bottomless bucket really of marks coming with your side of gator bites. Only a dollar ninety nine. Commemorative bucket. <laughs> Just four ninety nine for a refill. Bring it on back. <laughs> Bring it all back now. You hear? Rinse your bucket. Bring it back inside. Four ninety nine. Just a dollar ninety nine. Rinse your bucket. Bring it all back. <laughs> we need to open a restaurant that would fail within a day because our prices would be absurd. <laughs> Just a dollar ninety nine. This these prices cannot be beat. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Michael Scott Paper Company of restaurants. It would never work. It's just a bucket okay. of sour. <laughs> That's it. 
Okay. Guaranteed tap oh. one diabetes. <laughs> All right, okay. Free diabetes with every porch is just a dollar ninety nine. With every bucket. <laughs> diabetes are your money back. Bottomless bucket of beans, just a dollar ninety nine. Okay, this is gonna be the longest episode. <laughs> now that everyone has turned off this podcast. Shall we I want gator bites so bad. <laughs> I'm fucking choking. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Anne Marie. <laughs> Your commemorative bucket. <laughs> We're fine. Beaties are your money back. <laughs> Beaties right. are your Free money back. Free bucket of beaties. <laughs> are your buck back. <laughs> if you do not contract type 1 diabetes from our bottomless bucket of margaritas, we will give you a refund in full. Just a dollar ninety nine. Store credit okay, only. Okay. <laughs> Store credit only. <laughs> May not be combined with other offers. <laughs> Holy terms okay. and conditions apply. Guys, <laughs> store we for have details. Got, we have got to. <laughs> 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 we have to keep going. Oh my god, this is so stupid. I can't believe anyone listens to this show. <laughs> Holy okay, okay, shit. Okay, okay. We've okay. been doing this bit for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Easily 10. I'm so sweaty. Okay. Kenyon oh, is like okay. six sentences. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So she shows up to work. Hours before. <laughs> no, nope, not going there. <laughs> Do not say it. Hours before her scheduled shift. And she tricks 41-year-old manager Murray Shore into opening the restaurant's safe by claiming that someone had locked her wallet inside. Okay, so it works. That wallet has a dollar ninety-nine inside. <laughs> I and need a that wallet. And a coupon for, for Gator Bats from bucket. the restaurant next door. <laughs> My DQ gift okay. card was in there. Okay, but I would go back for that DQ gift card. That is not anything to be fucked I with. I have a DQ gift card in my wallet right now. <laughs> yes. All right. Are you guys ready for this to get real dark? Oh, no. No. So he, he opens up the safe. She then cuts Shore's throat, oh my I think God. with a box cutter. Jesus Christ. And stabs at his hands because he's like trying to stop her Ugh. before robbing the restaurant's safe. Oh, she works there. This is her own manager. Stop. This seems okay. drastic. It's an inside job. Couldn't she just threaten <laughs> him? Yeah. Right? Anne Marie's father in law, Hank Dessert. Hank, Hank. Wait, dessert? <laughs> his. <laughs> I'm drinking. There we go. Took a while. <laughs> I was just letting it hang out there. <laughs> Her father-in-law's name is Hank Dessert. I no. vowed I would never take a man's name if I got married, mm -hmm. but... <laughs> a man to dessert? If 
William changes his last name to Dessert. I'm fucking on board. What I'm is Dessert? Flotsam. Hi, my name is Mrs. Dessert. Mrs. Jetsam. A flotsam oh my dessert. Flotsam dessert. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my new drag so, name, I your call drag it. name. <laughs> flotsam Joe dessert. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the quote from the father-in-law isn't even that good, but I just had to include his name. So he would later tell reporters that he didn't think the pageant fees were the only reason for the attack, but that contributed to it. It was the primary reason. It was the reason. In total, Bloxham stole approximately $2,500, hiding the money in some nearby bushes, presumably with the intention to return later to collect it. Oh, my God. I would forget. Maybe That the- would buy maybe two gowns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best part of this case is the fact that while she was attacking Shore, Anne-Marie asked him, quote, Please don't tell anyone about this. She slit his throat Please don't tell anyone Jesus A strange request to be sure But one that Anne-Marie apparently believed would be honored Because not an hour later She showed back up to Bubaloo's Bodacious Barbecue For her scheduled work shift what the fuck? <laughs> you can't miss your shift. Well, yeah, that would point all mm-hmm. the fingers at you. Yeah. Police were waiting to arrest her, but she feigned ignorance of the whole thing, pretending, quote, nothing unusual had happened. Also, some reports say that she turned herself in, but does this sound like turning oneself sure in Sure doesn't. You? Sounds like she yeah. got caught because she's an yeah. idiot. How did yeah. they know that he was dead and also that it was her already? He he wasn't dead. That's how they knew oh, it was her. Oh, I thought he died. For his part, Murray Shore suffered a four-inch gash to the neck slash throat that was life-threatening and required 12 stitches. Damn! Ick. Which is... A lot of stitches yeah. on your fucking neck. Yeah. Ew. He he also suffered serious defensive wounds that quote mangled tendons in his hand. Oh, my hands hurt even hearing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Tendons and eyeballs, y'all. Ugh. I got a paper cut on my eyeball once. Uh uh. No. Yeah, it was no. really icky. <laughs> Didn't feel good. All right, Anne-Marie's husband, Terry Bloxham, appeared puzzled and bewildered. Or maybe it's Terry Dessert, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Terry appeared puzzled and bewildered by his wife's choices, telling reporters that he, quote, thought the fees and dress bill already had been paid. (laughs) Of his wife, he added, quote, she's the kind of person who doesn't even spank our kid. She's a totally uh, nonviolent person. Mm. And adding, quote, she is the most nonviolent person you will ever meet. Now, this was like a one in a smartest. trillion thing. Yeah. <laughs> Drake. Like a Drake. one in a Doesn't trillion like- thing. <laughs> She's talking up your kid here. <laughs> <laughs> she slit her manager's throat with a box yeah. cutter. She's the most nonviolent person you'd ever meet. Well, Most non-violent. She didn't kill him. No. Okay. So she's just not good at it. <laughs> she clearly hasn't had a lot of practice, so I'll give her that. Right. 
And yet this, quote, totally nonviolent person was charged with attempted murder and armed robbery. Somehow, Anne-Marie Bloxham was released on $50,000 bail from the Hernando County Jail. I don't know how they let this person out on bail. Wow. Her attorney, Jimmy Brown, and I want it on record that I never want a defense attorney named Jimmy. No. (laughs) If you don't go by James on your business card, I'm not hiring Mm you. As my lawyer, Mm -hmm. I'll hire you for all kinds of other things. Odd jobs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd hire you to work at Mm -hmm. this bodacious barbecue. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We need a new manager, so... If you're interested. Um, <laughs> no, we don't. We're good. No, the restaurant does. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yes. No, we don't We don't have a manager. No, the Bodacious Barbecue needs a manager. Can you okay. imagine if he came out to, like, deliver your, like, chicken critter salad with, like, like 12 <laughs> stitches in huge, his neck? He can't, huge gash he can't in his speak. neck. You know what? If I had a server with a massive festering gash in their neck, I would tip Mm -hmm. extra. Oh, for sure. You need it. Also, maybe that's what happened to Gator Bites guy in Florida with the crazy voice. Oh, my God. Is it the same man? Maybe that's why his voice is so crazy. Maybe. We should ask him next time we're in Hollywood Randy, if you're listening, why do you sound like this? (laughs) (laughs) Who hurt you? I would bet that it's a lifetime of cigarettes, but Mm. it could be either Mm -hmm. one. And other forms of self-harm. Yeah. Subtle Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-harm. Like not wearing any sunscreen Right, and also like working in the restaurant industry for decades is a subtle form of self-harm. Especially on a beach in Florida. When he got the job at Logan's in Hollywood Beach, he sounded like me, and now he sounds like this. (laughs) He's, it's been six long months. Yeah. <laughs> it was a swift slide. Okay. The Pacific coast really so, takes its toll. Uh-huh. Wrong coast for yeah, Florida. Yeah, it's the okay. Atlantic, but yeah, we get what you're saying. Where am I? <laughs> well, you're in Iowa. <laughs> okay. She gets her coasts but mixed up. Okay. The East Coast Left is and right. the Atlantic. The West Coast is the Pacific. They're both cold. I don't care. <laughs> Actually, the okay. Atlantic is considerably warmer than the Pacific, but that's all right. Continue. Okay. So Jimmy, the defense attorney Jimmy, enters an initial innocent plea, but left room to change that plea to innocent by reason of insanity, if possible, later on. Although I don't think... They were ever able to do that. What an awful Jimmy lawyer. He's like, well, if I can. Could I just <laughs> yeah. like, could I just for like now. plead insanity? He raises his hand. She's innocent for now. <laughs> yeah. Bloxham was determined uh, to be psychologically competent slash fit to stand trial. But psychological experts also assessed her sanity at the time of the offense. I couldn't find specific reports on their findings, but the insanity defense didn't ultimately happen. So I'm assuming that it got shot down. Mm-hmm. And she made efforts to conceal her crime and then pretended like it didn't happen, which shows that she uh-huh. knew it was wrong at the time. So I think oh, it just yeah. didn't get off the ground. So at that point, Bloxham's defense switched tactics, now claiming that their client didn't commit 
attempted first-degree murder and robbery with a deadly weapon for pageant fees, like she had admitted to police at the time of her arrest. (laughs) No! (laughs) The defense now insinuated that manager Murray Shore was rude to his employees, yelling at them and denying them requested time off. Okay. Oh, yeah. So he he probably was. But still. It sounds like a restaurant manager. Yeah. Literally, except for me, because I was an awesome restaurant manager. But it does mm-hmm. sound like a restaurant manager. Yeah. What was he wearing? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And apparently, <laughs> you want to take off another weekend to take your four-year-old to a beauty pageant? No, you're fucking scheduled. Show up for work. I would actually <laughs> probably have the same response. <laughs> Apparently his behavior, this is the defense's claim, his behavior reminded Anne-Marie of her abusive father, and I really didn't want to make this joke, but it it had to be made. No, that's her father-in-law. Her Uh father-in-law is Hank Dessert, and her father's name was just too apt given her crime because his name was... Carl Stab. No. Oh, no. I'm sure he did remind her of her father. Oh, my God. So her maiden yeah. name is Stab? Yeah. Oh, my I God. I would guess, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say his name was Carl Bucket of Margs. $1.99. Carl Commemorative Bucket. Bucket. So, Bloxham's attorneys stated that... Okay, this is this part is not funny. Bloxham's attorneys stated that Stab had sexually abused Anne-Marie throughout her childhood from ages 5 until 12 or 13, and that manager Murray Shore had triggered her, not through any kind of sexual misconduct, but just through, like, being yelly. An asshole. Mm. Being yeah, yelly. And, caused, and, <laughs> and that caused her to lash out violently. And obviously there's nothing funny about abuse and I would not be at all surprised if these claims about her father were true because Mm -hmm. why else would you be so desperate for your daughter to compete in beauty pageants? Like, let's be real. But well, and if also, you weren't like, like horribly traumatized yourself. Slitting your manager's throat and robbing your restaurant be like your first resort. (laughs) An option. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think there are a lot of reasons that especially like lower income families would want their children to participate in pageants that have more to do with like financial possible yeah, games. There's cash prizes when you win. Yeah. I guess, but they're so expensive to enter. It's kind of like an MLM. Almost. No, I know. Yeah. I know. I just think that sometimes that like the way that they're marketed. It's like a lottery ticket. Yeah. It's that possible dream coming true Mm -hmm. that is so fucking tantalizing that it's like you Mm -hmm. said it's almost like gambling like getting addicted to gambling well it's aspirational Mm -hmm. and not to mention if they're like lower income then maybe she really wants her daughter to be in an activity that makes her feel like valuable and pretty and important and things like that Mm-hmm. She's trying yeah. in her it's mind. Aspirational and she's giving it's her escapist. Yeah, in her right. mind, she's giving her daughter like a chance, a and also just right. to feel good. Especially in right. families that are like bogged down by classism, I could really see where that would be like a big reach. Yeah, 
I was just being really bratty about it, but you're right. <laughs> hey, I don't disagree with you. Oh, yeah. I just think mm-hmm. there's a lot of other really fucking sad reasons that you would cling to this right. dream so hard that you would right. stab your boss in the neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Over, no over matter, gator bites. Jeez. No matter what happened in her childhood, it doesn't explain attacking her manager, and it especially doesn't explain attacking him for money. Yeah. Well, it might explain it, but it does not justify it. Nope. Mental so health it's, is it's not, not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Hashtag. Exactly. Like, it's not even like a, a battered woman syndrome thing where, like, he triggered her and she lashed out. She laid a trap. She showed yep. up early. Yeah. L- pretended that she had something in the safe so he would open it. It she was brought a weapon. premeditated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So eventually, Anne-Marie Bloxham admitted her guilt and pled no contest to the charges. In April 1995, she was sentenced to eight years in prison and 10 years probation after her release, as well as court-mandated mental health counseling. So she's, like, definitely just out by now. That's not a lot for a straight-up attempted murder. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before sentencing, her victim, Murray Shore, submitted a statement that was read aloud in the courtroom. Quote, Although you could never realize the horror of having your throat cut, please try to understand and punish this person as if it could have happened to someone close to you. Like, fair enough. Like, so, ugh, so scary. Super fair. Mm -hmm. Shore also later filed a civil suit against Bloxham for more than $1 million for, quote, serious and life-threatening physical and psychological injuries and permanent scarring and disfigurement. Mm -hmm. I don't know the results of that civil suit, but, like, even if he won, this woman will never... Have ruined his life. Well, she's ruined his life, and she'll never have a million dollars to pay him. That's very true. That's, like, the big risk with these civil suits is you file, and maybe you win, but, like... A lot of these folks can't Why? fucking pay it back. And then you don't see right. any, not to say you shouldn't do it, because I think that in right. most cases they, or I don't even know if most cases, but in many cases they are justified. And I can't say that I right. wouldn't fucking do the same thing well, if somebody tried to hack at my throat. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the principle in a lot of cases. And it's also like, right? yeah, if they're going to have their wages garnished for the rest of their lives, it's something. He's not going to get a million dollars, but it is something. Yeah, he may not. And also, right. if something right. else happened down the road, they could still use this as like, this bitch has done this before. Mm-hmm. She's currently right. paying this restitution, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think people sometimes hear like, he fi- he won a civil suit for a million dollars and they yeah, think, okay. It does not the victim- mean he got a million dollars. Not even right. close. Exactly. He's getting $800 a month max. Not even. Not if Probably she's in not. prison. That's true. So indeed, after the vicious and unexpected attack, Shore suffered from PTSD and and that left him unable to sleep or work. Oof. I don't know if he still can't do those things, but for a long time he couldn't. Like, yeah, it's shocking. And it came out Mm -hmm. of fucking nowhere. Mm Mm-hmm. That sucks, because if you can't sleep, you work, and if you can't work, you sleep, and you can't Yeah, I mean, I have a close friend who does not listen to this show, but I still won't name any names, who... While working at a different restaurant, we worked together for many years, but not at this restaurant, literally was held at gunpoint in a in a robbery oh, and God. like taken to the safe, et cetera, et cetera, and is thank God okay. And the people who mm-hmm. perpetrated this 
crime were apprehended, but they definitely suffered PTSD for a long time and didn't even have the same experience as this person. But I mean, that is trauma. I could not even imagine having a gun to the back of my head. No. Especially Mm -hmm. in a place where like they'd worked there for a long time. They felt really safe there. Their coworkers were like their family. Yeah. It's like your space. Yes. And then it's the end of the night and people just burst in and feel entitled to, you know, this money that is not theirs and then put people through this experience that they, you do not recover easily from something like that. No, of course so not. So I really don't care if this guy is, is like an asshole manager. Like, fuck that. Nobody deserves to have their knife cut open by like a janky fucking box cutter. Also, the only person that said he was an asshole manager was the woman who fucking slit his throat. Exactly. So that is so... So he might be a perfectly normal, decent, decent lovely person. person. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck all of this. And this bitch again, sucks. Like we said, a restaurant manager who keeps their shit tight and in order likely is mm-hmm. an asshole to their employees. It's hard. Like, <laughs> it's hard sometimes to not be an asshole because you deal with so much bullshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you balance that out, at least if you're really trying by, like, flexible scheduling and trying to meet people's needs and, like, every once in a while, yeah, you have to do the hard stuff where it's, like, you have to... Sometimes you have to say no. You have to punish people and you have to say no. Like, it's just like being a boss in any other job. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people fuck up or try to take advantage and there have to be Mm -hmm. some consequences. Like, I didn't like firing people or fucking putting people on suspension. I hated it. It fucking Mm -hmm. destroyed me every time I had to do it. But you have to fucking do it. You're the boss. And again, right. he didn't deserve to have his throat cut, no matter what. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Had so the box cutter been l- sharp, maybe. Oh my god, he'd, he'd be <laughs> no. dead. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. Ugh. All right. Speaking of trauma, one last little tidbit. For obvious reasons, this case garnered widespread media attention. It has also been covered numerous times by true crime and true crime inspired TV shows, some with amazingly atrocious reenactments. Yes, my Mm -hmm. favorite. Mm -hmm. Also, apparently there was a TV show called Toddlers and Trauma. No. (laughs) So if you're curious about how much time we have left as a civilization, the clock is running short. Approximately 22 minutes. (laughs) Oh my God. Without commercials. Yeah. Toddlers and Trauma. So yeah, that's my case. I, oh my god, that, that case is good. Gold. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry we deviated for a solid 40 minutes to cry laugh about gator bites. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. No regrets. But now I'm also not a word sorry. from our sponsor, Bubba Lou's Bodacious Barbecue. <laughs> mm, come on down to Bubba Lou's for a bottomless bucket of margaritas, only a dollar ninety-nine. <laughs> you leave with beaties and you get a full refund. <laughs> You get your buck back. Beaties or your buck back. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm fucking dying. Oh, okay. But actually, a word for our sponsors, which I'm really hoping is adult diapers because I have wet myself like three times already this episode. I'm so, I'm so hot. Okay, let's do this. 
We just discovered a new favorite subscription, and it is called Causebox, and we need to tell you about it. Yeah. Causebox, mm-hmm. yeah. Causebox is a quarterly, so four times per year, subscription box that is curated uh, by folks. It is filled with all sorts of amazing products and brands that are ethical, sustainable, and have a positive mission to give back and make the world a better place, which we could really use right now. Um, mm-hmm. Every cause box is limited edition and comes with six to eight full size products. So you can get everything from skincare and jewelry to homewares and accessories. Um, my mother has tried to steal the uh, duffel bag from me because Don't she, let her. Oh, yeah. it's my favorite I know. thing. I know she's obsessed with it and, and I am too. She keeps trying to sneak it. The last four cause boxes sold out within days, which uh, Mm -hmm. I can definitely believe because you get over $250 worth of products for only $50. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. So we each got our own sample boxes. I've told you about my favorite. Here are some of your favorites. Well, my favorite is also the duffel bag. I Mm -hmm. love it. And currently my partner and I don't live in the same home. So I go back and forth all the time. And that duffel bag is literally the perfect size. But some other things that I love, the jade roller, which completely changed my life. I keep Mm -hmm. mine in the refrigerator and then use it in the evening when I put on like my skincare. It's so refreshing. Mm. Yes, the bento box, the portfolio, and each cause box also comes with an exclusive magazine that tells the story and mission behind each product in the box, which I love. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. And one of the best parts was just like getting my cause box in the mail. They ship it to you for free and opening it. You get to like feel like you're getting a Christmas Day surprise. It's a a birthday party in a box for you to enjoy by yourself. What could be better? (laughs) <laughs> yup. Literally. I got this for myself. None of the people. You could, <laughs> exactly. you could get it for your mom, your friend. You know, it's, it's, you could gift it, but like, <laughs> we need it right now. I, I have gifted not it gifted it to myself. It. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I kept it, everything for myself. I, there's some, um, primer in there. I was not a primer person mm-hmm. before. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm, a, yep. I'm a primer gal now. And it's that full-size bottle. Stuff. It smells so great. It's something I would never have tried otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. It really is my new favorite subscription. Uh, yeah, it's no joke. The best part is, of course, that we get to give our listeners an exclusive discount. So go to causebox.com forward slash gals and use the code gals that's g-a-l-s to get your first box for 30% off as in you can get your first box worth over $250 for less than $39 amazing it's a no brainer it's a no brainer so go check out causebox right now we can tell you firsthand you're gonna love it mm-hmm mm-hmm so it's rough times out there right now, and grocery shopping is kind of a daunting task, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? A little intimidating yeah. these days. Mm-hmm. Just a bit. So I want to shout out a local and amazing resource that I have been using in the times of COVID-19 and long before the times of COVID-19, and that is the Seward Community Co-op. 
Mm-hmm. I love this co-op so much. They are committed to community health and safety, and they are following like incredible safety guidelines as they continue to operate their store. They also support other local community organizations and initiatives. They have a great stock of groceries. Their shelves are like never empty. And they have this really cool seed roundup program. So when you're checking out, you can offer or you could like round up your change. Oh, I love then, that. Yeah. yeah. And then they pick a different local organization to send that money to every month. And they usually rack up up to like 20 grand to send to local charitable organizations every month. I That's love that. It's amazing. So I'm a member. I'm a member owner. You could shop there whether or not you're a member owner, but I highly recommend becoming an owner of the Seward Co-op. They have two different stores. Um, I usually shop at the Friendship Store on 38th, and it's the best. And their two stores have everything you need. They are a comfortable size to navigate, unlike big box stores with overwhelming amounts of people and product. The Co-op staff are safely monitoring the amount of people in the store at one time, so you can Mm -hmm. have plenty of space for social distancing, which is huge huge and like I said before they're doing an amazing job keeping products stocked on the shelf Uh, we recently went to Target and by we I mean I sent a proxy and there was not a single bag of frozen vegetables no toilet paper no paper towels the co-op has had toilet paper every time we sent someone there they've had cleaning supplies they've had plenty of amazing locally sourced food so you can also be like supporting your local food creation economy by shopping at a Mm co-op so what better way to keep healthy and sane than eating quality food food. I personally have been cooking a lot. I know we all have. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you live in and around Minneapolis, I highly recommend checking out the Seward Co-op. If you do not, take a look and see if there's a co-op in your area because they typically are much more than a grocery store. They give back to the community in a lot of cool ways and it's a great way to support local business and local farmers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, do it. Treat. Treat, Treat your groceries. Yeah, treat your community. Indeed. So I feel like folks have been waiting for us to cover JonBenet Ramsey since oh, we started Lord. this podcast. This will mm-hmm. be less funny than Kenyon's case. It will be during the timeline, but then we're going to talk theories and that will get a little bit more lighthearted. Well, we already know. We already know. I know. Burke did mm-hmm. it. But anyway, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I am thrilled to finally dive into this case and our fan picker requested this case so mm-hmm. here's how we're here's how this is going to go down. So this is extremely well known, and the story has been shared to death. So I'm going to do this a tiny bit differently. I'm going to go over a brief timeline of events to get everyone on the same page in the event that you are new to true crime or have literally been living in a cave since 1996. Could you just do an interpretive dance? I mm-hmm. am also going to do that <laughs> on the side for my own edification. Um, but in the event that you have no clue who Jean Benet Ramsey is, we're going to cover that briefly. But I want to put the focus on theories today because this case is still unsolved, still in the spotlight, and still rife with speculation. Mm-hmm. And you know we love to speculate wildly, so let's dive in. I still mm. maintain that the owl did it. Different case, and I love you. <laughs> Same perpetrator. You're mm-hmm. right. Serial mm-hmm. killer Serial owl. Serial killing owl. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Special mm-hmm. thanks. Just kidding. <laughs> um, Jean Bonnet was born in 1999, which apparently I was drunk when I wrote these because I wrote 19,990. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but she was born in 1990, not 1999. Yeah, I just wrote this so terribly. Okay. She was born in 1990. I can do this. I can do this. To John and Patsy Ramsey, the only sibling of their firstborn, Burke. So they had two children, Jean Bonnet and Burke. And yes, Jean Bonnet's name is a combination of John. John's name and like Patsy's middle name. It's like a whole weird thing. It's the Renesme of names. And I hate it's oh, great. from Twilight. Yeah. Is that what that is? Renesme? Yeah. Renesme. Read Twilight. God. Nah, I'm Just okay. kidding. Don't. <laughs> so Jean Bonnet was a straight up pageant icon by the age of four. Mm-hmm. Fucking she was Quinn. beautiful. She was a beautiful oh. baby. Beautiful mm-hmm. baby. She won Colorado State All-Star Kids Pageant, April 1994. Little Miss Charlevoix. July Charlevoix. Charlevoix, July 1994. Deja Vu. Tiny, Deja Vu. <laughs> Tiny Miss Beauty, 1995. Miss Colorado Sunburst, October 1995. Little America's, Miss Sunshine. America's Royal <laughs> Tiny Miss. Division title, July 1996. America's Royal Miss Colorado Dream Queen, July 1996. Sunburst America's National Pageant. Royal Miss Money Grab Colorado, 1996. <laughs> 1996. <laughs> oh, no. Sunburst National Pageant, second place, August 1996. Colorado's Little Miss Loser. Christmas. <laughs> Dis- okay. Okay. If it's not first, you're in last. You can let yourself out of the room. <laughs> I am not having this. I literally can't. There's a vacuum cleaner in the way, so Ray can't get in. Fuck. All right, we're trapped. And Colorado's Little Miss December 17th, or Little Miss Christmas, December 17th, 1996. Colorado's All-Stars Christmas pageant, Medal for Talent, December 22nd, 1996. So like I said, straight up icon just slaying these titles from age four to age six. Mm-hmm. Little Miss Christmas 96 would be the last title she would win. Aw, Little oh. Miss. I know. Sweet That's Little a miss. lot of $15 gift cards to the Fucking beauty school it. of your choice. I, fi- I think JonBenet was in a very different uh, league than me. Yes. Also, JonBenet yeah. was in a very different economic class than any of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Top sure. cream of the crop. Mm. Um, I'm going to take a sip of alcohol. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yum, yum, Same. yum. Here it goes down. Uh, the timeline is as follows, and this comes from Us Weekly, which has run about a thousand Jambonet features since Seriously. her death. So they fucking mm-hmm. know their shit. Um, mm-hmm. They published this very simple and easy to follow timeline in June of 2018 on their website. So I'm just going to follow their lead for this portion. December 25th, 1996, 10 p.m. John and Patsy Ramsey maintained they last saw their daughter alive when they put her to bed on Christmas night. Jean Bonnet had been up late with her parents for a family friend's party. December 26th, 1996, 12 a.m. The family's neighbor, Scott Gibbons, remembers seeing a light on in the Ramsey's kitchen. 2 a.m., neighbor Melody Stanton allegedly hears a scream from the Ramsey's home. Her husband then reportedly hears the sound of metal on concrete, quote, sometime after the scream. Years later, however, Melody backtracked on her statements, stating she was a- she actually heard the noise two nights prior, if at all. 5.30 a.m., so confusing. That's really odd and suspicious. It is really odd, but also witness testimony is, like, famously unreliable. 
Yeah. yeah so but I to can be, see to, how this would get confusing. To be like years later, be like, oh, wait, no, that was two nights prior. Mm-hmm. It's just odd. Well, but you could. Yeah, it's odd. And it, it kind of just makes the whole the whole thing a wash. Like mm-hmm. her whole testimony a wash. Yeah. It really does. Or not. Yeah. But I could see a scenario where she's being interrogated. They say, yep. are you sure it was that night? She's you like, know, I da, don't da, know. Da. It could have been a couple nights before. Yeah. I don't, you know, that was years ago. Yeah. Like, I yeah. totally concur. Mm-hmm. 5.30 a.m., Patsy Ramsey gets up to make coffee and reports finding a two-page note on the back staircase stating that Jean Benet had been kidnapped. The note claims to be from, quote, a small foreign faction demanding mm-hmm. a ransom of $118,000 in cash. Nice round number. Yeah, and we will get to Mm -hmm. it. 5.45 a.m. Shortly after finding the note, Patsy calls family friends Fleet and Priscilla White and John and Barbara Fernie. Fleet? Yes. Probably a nickname. Like, I think this guy... definitely grew up sailing. (laughs) He also probably, like, shotgunned beers with Brett Kavanaugh and, like, Skeet and, like, Boner Champ and Broccoli Rob. Yeah, he boofed. (laughs) (laughs) Fleet boofed. Fleet fucking boofed. Hashtag fleet boofed. Um, it's also like the We're third weirdest name. Merch. It's happening. <laughs> fleet Fan- boofed beer cozies. Fanny packs. Sign them up. All right. Uh, moving on. Five fifty-two a.m. Fleet Pat's- boofed rape whistles. If we're being honest. Oh my god. Oh, we should. Oh god. Whistles and beer oh, cozies and man. fanny packs. It's a full set. Okay. 5.52 a.m., Patsy finally calls the police, <laughs> detailing the supposed kidnapping. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and the demands on the ransom note. 5.59 a.m., Officer French arrives on the scene, the first of many from the Boulder Police Department to respond to the call. Between 6 and 8 a.m., four more officers arrive at the Ramsey residence, Policeman Vitch, Weiss, and Barklow, and their supervisor, Reichenbach. Chambonet's parents have have friends come to help search the home, which we'll get to, but makes no sense, including the aforementioned Whites, Fernies, and Reverend Hoverstock. Victim advocates. I just want to clarify here for a second. They find the ransom note very early in the morning. Yep. On the back staircase, not like yep. on the kitchen table or nope. in Jean Benet's room or like somewhere nope. that they're definitely going to see it. On nope. the back staircase. Yep. And first they call two different couple friends and uh-huh. then they call the police. Mm-hmm. Correct. Also, that back, is fact. Back staircase meeting an indoor staircase, not like the back yes. steps, right? No, they had two right. staircases in their home. This back staircase, I believe, looking at a layout of their fucking Colorado mansion, led to the kitchen. So it would make sense if Patsy's up at 5.30 a.m., she walks that way to get to the kitchen to make mm-hmm. coffee. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. That mm-hmm. she would stumble upon that, but it is very odd placement, and we will mm-hmm. get to it. Victim advocates and crime scene investigators are also present in the house at this time. So it's between 6 and 8 a.m. 8, 10 a.m. The first detective on the case is Linda Arndt, who immediately begins her investigation. She fails to secure the the crime scene. So police officers are present between 6 and 8 a.m., but an actual investigator, like detective, Mm -hmm. 
It's not there yet. And that's when mm-hmm. Linda Arndt arrives at 810. 10.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. John Ramsey goes missing for at least an hour, leaving the house to supposedly, quote, pick up the mail. Oh, my from God. From the end of the driveway. It's later determined this couldn't be true, given the family's mail was delivered through a slot in the front door. He just disappears. He hour? just takes off. He takes off for at least an hour. Yeah, to go bury a body. Yep. Well, no, because she was not found also, buried. But to pick up some mail does—it's not even a good excuse. No, there's so much weird shit with John and Patsy. And again, we'll get mm-hmm. to it. One p.m. Detective Arndt tells a a resurfaced John Ramsey. So by one p.m., he has returned to the home. Tells him that police will be conducting a search of the house. He and his friend, Fleet White, join in on the search. Fleet boofs. Yep. 1.05 p.m. John and Fleet discover JonBenet's body in a spare room in the basement. She has suffered a skull fracture and strangulation by a homemade garrote of rope and a paintbrush that was used to tighten it. So horrific. Her mouth and neck are bound with duct tape, which the investigators remove. They're fucking with evidence already. What? The cops yeah. fucked this case up so, so fucking bad. Beyond, beyond they repair. Really did. That's why it's still unsolved. It's a big part of the reason why it's still unsolved. Uh, officials further tamper with evidence by moving her body upstairs to the living room. I think that... I think John carried her body up. Mm-hmm. And fucked he did. with the crime scene. Yeah. He did, but he was not only surrounded by investigators at this time, but encouraged right. by Arndt to participate in the search of the home. Yeah, which makes no fucking sense. So it's ultimately and we will their get responsibility. To that too. But it is yeah. absolutely they should have sealed off the house, removed the family, and conducted the search. Yeah, yeah of course. This is so beyond fucked up. 1.30 p.m., Boulder policemen Ron Walker and Larry Mason arrive and search the basement and wine cellar for further clues into JonBenet's death. They finally secure the home. 1.30 p.m., they secure the home, preventing further arrivals. 1.30 fucking p.m., after Jesus. everybody has traipsed through here. And the, call, and they've in- the first call mm-hmm. was made at 5.45 a.m. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, 5.52 a.m. was the first call. Yep. Super uh, stupid. I would like to point out that when my father-in-law jokingly buried a plastic skull in our backyard and I dug it up and I for realsies thought it was a real human skull, I was like, everyone back away. Don't touch mm-hmm. it. I'm taking <laughs> video. Yeah. I'm taking video. Call the police. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it. Somebody get, get a newspaper. We need to timestamp this. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, thank God for people like you. But it doesn't mm-hmm. take a genius or somebody who's upset, like, runs a true crime podcast Mm -hmm. to fuck it. This is Mm -hmm. just insane to me. Use your brain. 1.40 p.m., John Ramsey calls his pilot friend and is allegedly heard asking him to prepare a plane to Atlanta. What? Yep. The fuck? Meanwhile, law enforcement instructs the family not to leave town. So the Ramseys had lived in Atlanta for like 25 years before they lived in Colorado. And he calls his friend, who is like the family's pilot, to prepare Mm -hmm. a plane that fucking day to get the family to Atlanta, to get out of Colorado. No. Do anyone's parents live there? Was that like a comfort thing? Like, I got to get to my mom or something? I was reading this, and it did not say they had family there. It said they had lived there for 25 years. 
That is so also, bizarre. Doesn't I mean I don't I wonder if I mean there has to be extradition. I don't know. This doesn't even you make any sense. Don't leave okay. the state. Yeah. 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 Like don't be making those arrangements the day of. That's super suspicious. Yeah. 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 Idiot. Yeah. yeah. 1.45 p.m., heeding the officer's warning, the Ramses leave their house with plans to stay the night at the Fernie's home. 2.30 p.m., police conduct an interview with Bonnet's brother, Burke, which reveals the nine-year-old had allegedly slept through the events of the previous night. At some point after this, his father is advised to procure an attorney, which he does by hiring their friend, Mike Bynum. Now, this case was badly investigated from the start, remains unsolved to this day, and had so many twists and turns due to wild theories and false confessions and new evidence that has emerged throughout the years that like Mm -hmm. some of it seems to hold water a lot of it doesn't Mm -hmm. so now that we have a timeline of events we can really get into the meat and potatoes of true crime's favorite question who killed jean benet so we we know but we don't know (laughs) So we have to start with John and Patsy Ramsey. As any good investigators would, you start with the parents. A popular theory focusing on Patsy is that she accidentally killed Jean Benet in an argument over a bedwetting incident. The girl was six, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I don't buy the... I think Patsy was involved in a cover-up. I don't think she killed her. And we'll get to it. Yeah. I have theories. In the theory... It claims the argument got physical. Patsy grabbed Jean Benet, and in whatever kerfuffle ensued, Jean Benet fell and hit her head against a hard surface like a bathtub. Because, uh, you know, arguably, if your child wets the bed, you take them into the bathroom, you're getting them cleaned up, yada, yada, yada. What was the cause of death for her officially? There's like evidence of blunt trauma and strangulation. So it's both. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The argument got physical, blah, blah, blah. Jean Benet hits, falls and hits her head. The paintbrush found with the rope around Jean Benet's neck belonged to Patsy. The bizarre, but it did happen in their homes, so like whatever. The bizarre two-page ransom note, which is on the drive, was written like a bad crime trope and like mm-hmm. crime film trope and demanded a specific amount, $118,000, which happens to be exactly the same amount as John's Christmas bonus that year. So like that figure would have been fresh in their minds. Mm-hmm. The note seems also like a cover-up. bizarre figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, this family is already wealthy, so, like, why wouldn't you go for more than that? I, granted, it was mm-hmm. the 90s, but, like, still. Um, they a have bizarre, a fucking a pilot totally, on a retainer. Yeah, it's a totally irrational number for it's a third so party to write down. Yeah. Like, go for the million, honey. Mm-hmm. The note seems like a cover-up to stage a kidnapping gone wrong and was written on Patsy's own custom stationery. So touch DNA evidence ruled her out in 2008 as not being a match to the touch DNA found on Jean Benet's jammies. There's like touch DNA that was on the cuff of like the right sleeve of the pajamas that Jean Benet was re- wearing that night. And Patsy was officially cleared and she died of cancer in 2006. So even if this was still a viable theory, she's no longer here to, to be questioned any further. Um, I don't How personally... Convenient. I know, right? <laughs> I don't personally think she did it. Um, but that said, like touch DNA, I've watched a lot of SVU touch (laughs) DNA is so much easier to fuck up than if you have like semen blood, like hair with the follicle still attached. So also what, what six year olds wouldn't have their parents mm -hmm. touch DNA on Mm -hmm. their jammies. 
And that's like, what I'm saying. Who, so John who's putting their pajamas on the mom. Right. And the crime John, scene was so tainted. So tainted. John, mm-hmm. Patsy, and Burke were all exonerated mostly on the touch DNA alone. And I just feel like mm-hmm. that's not appropriate because it happened in their home to their child. They all would have had contact with those jammies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The whole thing weirds me out. Anyway, again, I don't personally think she did it, but her husband, John, on the other hand, did some weird shit the day JonBenet was reported missing, as we know. A quote mm-hmm. from Rolling Stone, quote, Linda Arndt, the first police officer to arrive at the scene that morning, looked around the house to no avail. Eventually, she sent John Ramsey and his neighbor Fleet Wyatt, Fleet Boofs, to search the house for anything unusual. Ramsey made a beeline straight for the basement cellar where he immediately mm-hmm. found his deceased child. Mm-hmm. Though he'd been told to leave everything where he'd found it, he picked her up, carried the body upstairs, removed the tape from her mouth, and put her down in the living room. Mm-hmm. He even covered her up with a throw blanket, further destroying vital physical evidence. Continue, Kenyon. This, again, Linda Art aren't the investigator shows up at 810 so the search yep. begins after 810 which means mm-hmm. they got a ransom note mm-hmm. and they didn't search their own house but when told to search the house he immediately goes to the basement yep and we're about to talk about the ransom note as well mm. So after hours of calling friends, waiting for investigators and looking for Jean Benet, he all of a sudden goes straight to the basement and finds her. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Also, they should have mm-hmm. searched the entire house first thing. I know, but mm-hmm. also once police got there, they should have sealed off everything and searched the entire house. They should have gotten the parents and Burke the fuck out of there. They Ow. should have searched the what- house. They should not have touched anything. That's what I'm mm-hmm. literally writing here. What fucking cop sends potential suspects slash family members to search the home, which even if it yeah. had been a kidnapping and nobody was found, is still a fucking crime scene. Mm-hmm. Like that is thought bonkers. of as suspects because they were rich and white. wealthy white people. Exactly. Yeah. It's so fucking yeah. stupid. Oh, I'm upset. So before he quote discovered her body, John made no fuss. Not even a peep as the 10 a.m. deadline for the ransom in the two-page note came and went. Mm-hmm. This raises flags for me because wouldn't a frantic parent with plenty of money who has not discovered their child's body yet and assumes they have been kidnapped and like mm-hmm. they have the means. Yeah, they literally they have be... the exact means. That was his yep. bonus check. He's like, I have right? that exact wouldn't... amount of money. Just give it to them. Here I want my daughter go. back. Wouldn't you be fucking begging police to either make the transaction or allow you to make the transaction and try to save your child. I It did not come be. up. It did not come up from either John or Patsy at all. Mm-hmm. At all. And that is fucking weird. Then after the f- after he finds Jean Bonnet, he immediately calls his friend who is a pilot to take his family out of Colorado. It's mm-hmm. just it does not make it's sense. Too but again, fishy for words. Cleared By the Touch DNA in 2008. Burke. Here we go. This is one Mm -hmm. of the most solid theories, in my opinion. It's one of the most popular theories in the Jean Benet case, and it's definitely where, like, the three of us align. Mm -hmm. Burke was kept out of the media spotlight by his parents, and I totally get why a parent would do that. Yeah, he's a kid. 
Yep, he's a kid. This whole thing is tragic enough. But y'all, this guy gives me fucking full body chills. I swear to God. Mm -hmm. I don't think America paid much attention to Burke as a suspect. And like in general, he was only nine when JonBenet died. Um, So that makes sense to me. And again, the parents kept him out of the spotlight. But he was interviewed by investigators as a child, by investigators and a child psychologist, like right away. No red flags were seemingly raised. So folks just dropped it and moved on. Mm Mm-hmm. In 2008, both of, both of his parents were officially and publicly cleared by police. So after all of that, at 29 years old, Burke finally steps into the public limelight in the form of a truly creepy and quite frankly shocking interview with our favorite not actual doctor, Phil. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. have not watched this, you can mm-hmm. watch it online and it is spine tingling it's i watched so yeah. good i watched clips of it yesterday and i don't think i'll ever recover from watching this interview yeah mm-hmm. he exactly. was so exactly dr phil burke was so off through the whole thing he was like locked in this bizarre fixed menacing grin the entire time like this mm-hmm. locked in dead eyes, but smile as he's mm-hmm. answering these grisly fucking questions about his sister's murder. Mm-hmm. It just, I understand that everybody, everybody gets through trauma in a different way, but I also am a firm believer of like trusting your instincts and something just did not feel right about this interview at all. I just Googled yeah. it. I'm putting this image on the drive because it is it's so really creepy. Bizarre. It's really creepy. Yeah. <sighs> I will I will say, and I completely agree with all of this, but I will say that like it could be incredibly difficult to know how to act in that situation, especially if you are a person that whose just personality tends more toward the awkward or you've grown up with all of this trauma and distrusting totally. the media. I get that. I do get yeah. that. I get that too, but, but yeah, like no, it's creepy as fuck. To s- like smile and smirk the whole time. Still terrifying. Is still it was really not a reaction. good decision. It was not a good look. He should not have done to it. To have yeah, to participate. No. It's like the Prince Andrew interview. Like uh-huh. who where were his handlers? Right? Right. Who signed off yeah. on this? So I feel about year. every time Trump speaks publicly. Who oh is my God, taking care of you? Lock Where's him your up? babysitter? Right? Seriously, where's Your the adult? Your wet nurse. Your wet Ugh. nurse. <laughs> <laughs> you know that man has been over breastfed. Uh, the Under same year. breastfed. <laughs> I feel like there's a weird line where, like, if you're breastfed well into your 80s, it has this. It has an opposite mm. effect of being positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it becomes a poison, and then you turn into Donald Trump. Oh no. So just stop breastfeeding by the age of 20 and you're fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty it's a pretty lax window. The same year a CBS special aired called The Case of JonBenet Ramsey which was really fucking good that put some serious heat on Burke. They never made a full-blown accusation on the show but it was very clear where they mm-hmm. were leading They had you. good lawyers. They really did and they had th- this this CBS series is actually really fucking good. And I've watched a lot of TV miniseries 
about JonBenet mm-hmm. Ramsey, and this is easily one of the best ones. Was that the one where they mm-hmm. have footage of Burke, like, really soon after JonBenet mm-hmm. was killed, and he, like, demonstrates how he, like, hit her? Yeah. Oh, God. And we'll get to it. It aired in 2008. I know you can still find it online. You might have to mm-hmm. go through a paywall, but, like, it's still there. It's Worth very it. good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so their theory was compelling to say the least. Also from the Rolling Stone here, quote, famed forensic investigator Werner Spitz review of Jean Benet's autopsy included a perfectly rectangular defect that he suspected came from a blow to the little girl's head with a blunt, heavy flashlight seen in a photo on the kitchen counter in the crime scene photos. He claimed mm-hmm. the flashlight fit the eight and a half inch gash in her skull to perfection. Oh my God. However, eight no. Eight and a half inch. That's like her entire head. I know, this poor little baby. Jesus. However, no trace evidence of either Jean Benet nor Burke was found on the flashlight. Could have been wiped down. Yeah, wiped That's kind of where they're yep. going with that. The flashlight became even more suspicious when tied to the pineapple scenario, a yep. theory that suggested Jean Benet had taken a slice of fruit from Burke's late night snack found on the dining room table. An undigested piece of pineapple was found in the child's stomach during autopsy, leading him to strike her with the nearby flashlight out of anger. And I mean, really yeah. think about it like this is your sibling who's younger than you. She's in the fucking spotlight all yeah. the time. You're hmm. basically ignored. She saunters down on Christmas Day after being fucking fond over all day. She takes Little your Miss fucking pineapple. Little mm-hmm. Miss Christmas reaches for your pineapple Little and Miss you're nine. <laughs> you're oh. nine years old and you are just like, fuck this bitch and you grab the flashlight and you mm-hmm. bonk her without any intention of killing her. You're just like fucking hands mm-hmm. off my pineapple. Well, yeah, you're fucking yeah. nine. Again, your brain is not you no developed. what you're doing. You have no concept of consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. down the poor thing goes. It's totally mm-hmm. feasible. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, my money is also 100% on Burke with the parents mm-hmm. as a cover-up. 100%. It's possible. We are really skipping one of the creepiest facts of this case and that is it's not just pineapple that they were eating as a late night snack it was pineapple in milk oh yeah ew i forgot about that what it ain't right that 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 was their favorite snack i'm googling it now but cream kind of thing no pineapple and milk all of them freaks (laughs) (laughs) yeah pineapples and milk Mm mm-hmm of, but according to Quora.com, pineapple is a citrus fruit. It is a sour fruit. Yeah, it'll fruit. curdle sour the milk. Should never be taken with milk. Yep. It is harmful. It'll curdle. It's really gross. You'd think smart, Lastly, rich white people would know that. Well, <laughs> rich white people. Let's not call anybody smart here. Oh, we don't right. know them personally. Mm-hmm. Lastly, the wounds on Jean Benet's back, previously assumed to have come from an encounter with a stun gun that were found in the autopsy, were consistent with the edges of one of Burke's toy train tracks, which suggested may have been used by Burke to poke his sister's unconscious body to check for a response. Jeez. Because it oh. was not confirmed whether or not those marks were, were pre or post mortem. Or from a stun gun. They were perimortem, where it happened mm-hmm. so close to mm-hmm. the time of death that, that you can't, you can't tell, tell if it's pre or post. Good exactly. word. <gasps> Good word. Thank Isn't you. that so compelling? That makes I mean, perfect that's, sense. Right? He's a 90-year-old boy. 
He oh, hits shit. her with no intention of killing her. Wake he starts up. to panic. He's yeah. trying to wake her up. He reaches for a nearby toy. He pokes her with it. Oh, I just like, are I, you joking? Are you playing? Like, I could see yeah. it. I, I could see, see it. it. And again, we are not investigators. We are not journalists. We are speculating wildly based on existing things that are on the internet. But I'm we a thousand are three percent drunk sure. women with <laughs> we a are three theory drunk women. But and I no can, facts. But I can fucking see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So people were really digging this theory and Burke was a pissed. He mm-hmm. filed a $150 million defamation suit against investigator Werner Spitz, and Burke's lawyer still upholds that they intend to go after CBS as well, although I could not find any follow-up on whether or not they filed against CBS or not. Can you sue mm-hmm. an investigator for, like, libel? That doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, I think you can. You're I mean, clearly you can. They did it. Well, he was cleared by the police department. And then this person and went on this- public television. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't think it's just an investigator. This person was not initially involved in the case from the yeah. from the get-go. He's it's, just brought on as like a quote, what is it? Talking uh, head. A talking head or yeah, like a, like a pundit. A, like a, ah, uh, fuck, I'm thinking of a different word. Like an expert witness where it's like, you actually mm-hmm. didn't have any contact with this case, but mm-hmm. you're commentating on it after mm-hmm. seeing the files after the fact. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can't imagine you're protected by the same shit as like an investigator who's an active part of the investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think this theory is just so sound because it would also account for the odd behavior of John and Patsy who like in mm-hmm. the tragic loss of one child are desperate to protect the other. Mm-hmm. It would explain why so many elements of the crime appeared staged and were and almost like intentionally must with to destroy evidence by family and friends. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 I get that. I've never been a parent. I never want to be a parent, but I can put myself empathetically in the position mm-hmm. of a parent who's like, oh my fucking God, we've lost a child. What do we do? We can't lose our other, our last baby. Yeah. He like, didn't I mean would it. Do, he didn't mean he it. He didn't mean it. I will mm-hmm. lay down my fucking life to protect this kid. I just feel like that's a really compelling theory and it makes a lot of sense. Like everything fits. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Wow. But (laughs) fingers have also been pointed at all of these folks. I do think also, before we get to the other people, and I know this is going to be a long episode, but I do think also that a less empathetic theory is that it was fucking John. Yeah. Because... If Jean Benet, there's you know Jean Benet was a bedwetter apparently. Mm-hmm. She's six. That, Who's not a fucking bedwetter? Yeah, I no, peed I know. my pants at a haunted forest when I was nine. Yeah, yeah, but I peed my pants yesterday laughing. <laughs> okay, that's different. I'm 32. I'm incontinent yeah, it, at the age of 32. <laughs> uh, <laughs> team Jambonet. <laughs> it's a bell curve, and you are on the other side of it, my friend. <laughs> oh, but, God. oh, no. <laughs> but, um, no. But seriously, bedwetting is a sign of possible sexual abuse. abuse. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously like her her work in pageants was mm-hmm. pretty sexualized. Yes, and if you look at photos of her on the drive, mm-hmm. which I kind mm-hmm. of don't want you to look at yet because I want to wait until I get through the the rest of the theories, but everyone I remember has seen, so clearly, yeah. Everyone has seen photos of Jean Benet. She looked so much older than 6 with the makeup she and looks, the hair. It's she insane. looks like a 
like a TV, like a newscaster. It's, She's six. It's yeah. a little yeah. much. The and other God was she cute. She's oh. so cute. Uh, the other thing that I could see happening is that if the parents like hi, like were in cahoots with somebody to pretend mm-hmm. to abduct her, right? And like something went wrong. I don't know. I just think that the parents absolutely knew what happened and had something right. to do with the cover up. Right. Yes. I, I yes. think at the end of the day, and again, we're going to plow through a couple more theories here, but at the end of the day, I think her death was for the most part accidental. And because the reporting of forensics on this case are so mediocre at best, like we don't know her death was ruled like blunt force trauma and or strangulation. So she Mm -hmm. could have been knocked out accidentally. And then they're like, Oh fuck, jump into action. They wrap the rope around her neck maybe she was just knocked out and they thought she was dead and then the combination of both things led to her death like there's so many the forensics are so fucked we will like and the forensics are so ruined that we just won't fucking know short of a confession we will never know yeah but Mm -hmm. we've even gotten a confession and it that's true still doesn't matter so we're gonna go a little deeper here and yeah this is a long episode but i don't even fucking care because this is so juicy so Mm -hmm. all of these people have been either suspects or come forward as suspects so gary oliva who is a known sex offender and uh, convicted pedophile who had been living in the area at the time of her murder was arrested on drug charges in 2000 and found to have a photo of jean benet that he'd ripped from a magazine in his backpack Mm mm-hmm So I remember like the media frenzy around this in 2000 Mm -hmm. where he was apprehended, he was questioned, but it basically turned out that like there was no way that he could have done it Mm -hmm. and none of this stuck. So they moved on. They also looked at an electrician named Michael Helgoth who worked close to where the Ramseys lived and apparently had been in an ongoing property dispute with the Ramseys and may have had motive to extort the Ramseys for money. He worked with the Ramses, so maybe he knew about the Christmas bonus. The money, the bonus. And, yeah. and that would account for the odd requests of that specific amount. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the process of kidnapping Jean Bonnet for ransom, the deal went bad. He accidentally killed her. Um, but Michael completed suicide in 1997 and could never be questioned, um, but was later cleared by the touch DNA. So his DNA was not present on Jean Bonnet's pajamas. Hmm. Then in yeah, 2000, like, sorry, go ahead. Anyway, I just, I just don't. The know touch how that DNA thing is so fucking someone. loose, right? I, I don't think this is going to sound really intense, but like, I wonder if anyone should be officially cleared on touch DNA. Like, you can rule them out partially, but I don't think that if, that should be a reason to never circle back to that suspect ever again. If you found DNA from a f- unknown third party that you could compare to each and every suspect and it doesn't match and is completely unexplained on the body then maybe but like mm-hmm. that would I be think the that's only what we're working scenario. with here yeah it sounds like that's what we're working with here i just feel like touch dna should be like okay yeah it's not a match but if we find evidence that's more compelling we're gonna question mm-hmm. you again yeah i feel you know? like yeah. things like touch dna like certain types of dna i f- i mm-hmm. feel like they should be required to have some sort of backup evidence 
Right, you know because I mean? they're just mm-hmm. not a hundred percent. Like a fingerprint or like witness testimony, like that uh, that never can stand on its own. Fingerprints, yes, right. like witness mm-hmm. testimony. I feel like some some forensic evidence should be required to be backed up by like a secondary set of evidence. Mm-hmm. There are tears. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're professionals. Then in 2006, <laughs> we got a bizarre confession that rocked the mm-hmm. media from school teacher John Mark Carr. <gasps> I forgot mm-hmm. about this guy. Right? This was bonk. Such a yeah. creeper. Such mm-hmm. a fucking creeper. Quote, Carr was arrested in Thailand where he'd been living on the lam after facing child pornography charges in the U.S. The now 51-year-old initially brought himself into the mess by reaching out to a University of Colorado Boulder professor named Michael Tracy over email in regards to a documentary that Tracy was making on the JonBenet case. Once those emails took a disturbing turn, revealing the grown man's sexual fascination with JonBenet, Tracy reported Carr to the police who arrested him in Bangkok as a possible suspect. He was immediately flown to Boulder for questioning, but was ultimately cleared again after his DNA failed to match the profile of an unknown male found on the wristband of JonBenet's long johns. Waistband. Yeah, the waistband. Yes, sorry. Without evidence to support his confession... Yeah, he is so, so terrifying. Creep. And I think I put his photo on the drive slash blog. It's so I think, creepy. I think they also found out that he was like conclusively not in the state at the time yes, of the murder. Yes, his alibi held up. Yeah, yep. so it was like he definitely do it, didn't do it. He's just a psychopath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that, that his confession was in 2006. I thought we were younger when that happened. No, it was in 2006 and he had given like explicit sexually driven details yeah, as fantasies. to what he had done to her. Yeah, his fantasies of so raping and murdering up. a child. Yeah, he's yeah. so fucking yep. gross. And without evidence to support his confession, he was cast off as a pedophile who wanted his 15 minutes of fame. And that that is so fucked up on another level that we cannot even get into. At least his craziness of falsely confessing to this crime got Mm -hmm. him put away for child porn. Oh, yeah. It outed him big time. But Mm -hmm. can you even imagine former school teacher? Oh, it's... It's chilling. Who has these mm -hmm. deranged fantasies to such a degree that he believes they were true to the extent that he would confess. Yeah. And whether or not he even believes they were true, he would still confess. It's just. So think about what he did to children there. I know. I can't. I can't. We can't go down that rabbit hole because A, it's too fucking traumatizing. I'm too drunk for that. We're already too mm-hmm. drunk and see, we're at over two hours mm-hmm. on this episode, but we're yeah. almost done. Yeah. And D, I don't fucking ever want to talk about that. I can't. I <laughs> right. can't. Yeah. Yeah. So Patsy tried to throw their housekeeper, Linda Hoffman Pugh, under the bus, saying that she had been struggling with money and had begged the family for a loan, but that they had declined to give her the money. She had a key to the home and would have been known and trusted by Jean Benet, allowing her to lure Jean Benet into the basement that Christmas night. Mm. Linda's alibi was weak at best, saying she was in bed all day while her husband napped on the couch. She was never formally accused, and I don't think this theory this theory really holds any water. If you need money, why kill the child? Like, why do anything that risky? Also, I that under- doesn't her manner of death does not seem consistent with a female murderer. It really doesn't. Statistically, it does not. It's not just to say that, it's impossible, but... Of course not. Or a two 
page ransom note written mm-hmm. on materials found in the home. Right. That From takes a, a lot of time. Faction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this one just didn't make sense to me. Um, and grasping at straws, folks even pointed the finger at a Santa that Patsy had hired for lavish for a lavish Christmas party Leave about Santa a week before alone. Jean Bonnet's death. Seriously, mm-hmm. this really turned out to basically just be the product of a witch hunt and desperation and a sad character assassination on a fucking Santa. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, my favorite theory of them all: owls. The ca- oh. No. The <laughs> Katy Perry theory. Yes! <laughs> it is my favorite theory. This is the only one that I will truly endorse. This theory came out in 2014 when an internet-famous conspiracy theorist named Dave Johnson posted a video that has been fucking like scoured from the internet. I have tried to watch it. I cannot watch it. It's been removed from every platform. Claiming that Jean Bonnet never died, but her parents conspired to take to fake her death to basically start her life over under a new name, out of the pageant scene, and on a more viable path to fame and fortune, growing up as Katy Perry. Okay, but <laughs> she's six. So I know we'll get you to could it. change we'll her name it. and just stop enrolling her in pageants and she'd be oh, fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. There's a lot that's wrong with this. Quote, Jean Bonnet did not die. Nobody died. Nobody got hurt, Johnson says in the video, but she was sacrificed. That sacrifice was a name only, and that sacrifice was to get something, and that something was to become a star. <laughs> and if you go to the drive slash blog. There is a very compelling side by side of Sean Bonet and, and and Katy Perry. Oh my mm-hmm. god. It's shocking. I am not convinced this isn't real. Okay, this like, might not be the new theory. It her. They're they're <laughs> they're both very symmetrical. They're uh, the same. They have person. the same eyebrows. Yep. And there's they a lot diff- apparently in the video focusing on the eyebrows. They have different noses. That could have been corrected in surgery. Same mouth. Well, now, different chin. Very different chin. Very different chin. I don't know. Maybe Katy Perry gained a little face weight. I do it all the time. My (laughs) chin changes in every fucking picture of me. Slash she just became an adult. (laughs) Listen, I'm here for this theory. I like it. Eyes, eye shape. Yep. We're on to Johnson something. claims that Perry, age 31, had at the time of this video, had been hiding, had been in hiding since the news of the murder case broke in 1996 until she rose to fame for her single I Kissed a Girl in 2008. Sean Bonet Ramsey became Carrie P- Katy Perry, he said. She, That's she's a like, fact. Oh, she's like, oh shit, I'm famous again. <laughs> God damn oh, it. Oh no. <laughs> I did everything to prevent this. I know. <laughs> he continues on to say, so if any any of you can tr- continue to lie about this person dying. You are, in fact, a false witness to murder and death. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. But this theory might be defunct or debunked and or <laughs> by the fact that Katy Perry was born six years before JonBenet Ramsey. But, <laughs> but who's to say there aren't folks on the inside who forged right. birth records That's to right. throw off the trail? It goes Trust right to the top. No one. JonBenet does look no older one. than six. Hashtag JonBenet lives. 
Hashtag Katy Perry. Oh my God. And that's my case. Bravo. Wow. (laughs) This case is so involved. So so sad. So sad. Please do not sue us. Yes. Whatever. Allegedly. Yeah, Allegedly. I don't fucking know. Moving We're not on. investigators. We have no responsibility. Don't sue us, Burke Ramsey. Also, there's no way he listens to this show. Moving on. Special thanks. His lawyers might. Special thanks. <laughs> uh, special Julian, thanks to our... Julian, get ready for a big assignment. <laughs> uh, I've got a $15 scholarship that <laughs> is up for grabs. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, Special thanks to our fan picker, V Arrow. You were very nice to (laughs) send us your money and choose this topic. Thank you. Bullseye, V Arrow. Thank you also to Lainey Goodman. You done good, man. Yeah, you did. Oh. Uh, as did Crystal Delgado. Crystal clear pageantry. Crystal clear Delgado pageants endorsed by Mm -hmm. Sarah Rose Cosmetics. A crown is always a piece of headgear. Yep. And you Delgado go out there and do your part. (laughs) Thank thank you to Spring Almansa. You put a special spring in our step. Damn right. Thank you, Angelique Collins. We heard you calling. That's why we add you to this list of special thanks. And we answered. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rachel H. You send a chill down my spine, and I'm reaching for my preparation H. (laughs) Rachel H. I don't Uh, hate you. Rachel (laughs) (laughs) H. Thank you to Stephanie Wells. Wells, I got nothing. (laughs) Wells, I'm drunk. Thank Bottom you. Of the wells. Thank you to Katie, who's obviously Katy Perry, who's obviously Jean Benet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you. You can come out of the shadows anytime. We'll love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you to Emily Griza. And thank you for the pronunciation guide, because I mm-hmm. never would have gotten through that. I'd be grasping at straws. <laughs> <laughs> Happy belated birthday, they say, to Emily. And they also shout out their wife, Maya. Nice. Maya, 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 Maya. I'm having such a poop attack, you guys. We got to keep going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Thank you to Jesse Hutchins. I am clutching my pearls <laughs> at, at your generosity. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Andrea Lee Young. Keeping us young by keeping us chock full of mozzarella sticks with your $5 yes. a month. Mm-hmm. The key to Thank youth. Key Yo, youth. that is the key to youth. <laughs> cheese. Cheese and grease. Uh, <laughs> fried fucking cheese. <laughs> Thank you also to Kelsey Babson. I could babble on about how much <laughs> I appreciate you, Kelsey, but Ooh. I won't. Because Thank you to Rasmus. Sandston. <laughs> uh, thank like you for Sandston through the hourglass. Through the hourglass. So on the days of our lives. Thank you for Sandston in there. <laughs> like standing in with like standing in. this special thanks. <laughs> thank you, Auburn Baker. 
gonna order a baker's dozen of you, Aubrin. That's 13. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Thank you to Shannon Dicky. Okay, I kid you not, my friends and I, when we went skiing, we're talking about bringing back mock turtleneck Dickies. I love yes. a mock turtleneck. Dickie. Love a Dickie. Yeah, love a Dickie. I think it's time, so let the Dickie revolution begin. <laughs> mm. We've waited long and- enough. I have waited. And I've done my waiting. <laughs> Nine years of it. I've done my time. <laughs> we don't need to Mullins it over because Lisa Mullins is getting a fucking patriarchy wine glass and uh, she can sip from it while wearing a dickie. You can keep your Mullins wine do. in it. Mull yeah, it over. Mullin it over. Thank you also to Kelly Burns. Just a warning, if you put your glass in the dishwasher, it'll burns right up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hand wash that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amanda. Uh, thank you, Melissa. I would know. I was contemplating oh, what okay. pun I'm going to use for this. <laughs> Melissa Imazu and I, in that moment, did not think of a pun. You if are <laughs> Imazuing. Imazu, you and me, and me and you. <laughs> no matter how we toss the dice, it's meant to bew. <laughs> <laughs> the only okay. one for me is Imazu, and me for you. Okay, so I still have together. to poop. We got to keep going. We're really close. <laughs> Thank you to <laughs> Finally. Are we finally done with special thanks? <laughs> finally, it has happened to me oh right in front my God. of my face, and I just cannot hide it. I love that. All right. Finally. <laughs> Thank you also to all caps to news on the loose. It's on the loose. Corey's home. He just texted me. It's like, are you almost you okay? done? <laughs> nope. To We've news got a drunk life. My lips are loose to news. Thank you for your loose. increase from five to ten dollars a month. <laughs> mm. What's a to news? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Is it just a name? I think it's their name. I'm not missing anything. Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. No, I think you're good. Um, kicking off our $50 a month tier is our friend and fellow blue haired beauty, Brittany Arroyo. We love you so much. I think her hair is purple oh. now. Oh, fuck. Mm. I got to update my Instagram. That's okay. Hard to, hard to keep track. Thank you I to Cara, you. Cara Phillips. Gonna get some dusty, dusty trash. Um, it's not gonna be a car. <laughs> That was it's not, not going to be a car. Philips vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think Philips makes anything besides electronics, but kicking oh off our God. 20 I can't Cara anymore. Okay. <laughs> $25 a month tier, which means you get to pick a t- topic case or, and our wine pairing, Caitlin Jennings. You're yes. like a regular Ken Jennings. I think yes. he's a news anchor. Don't remember. Don't really care. Who knows? There's no he's way something. to know. Caitlin Jennings, and, you're really winning at this game. Yeah. And thank you, Jessica Akavane Rubin, who increased their <laughs> donation from $10 to $25 a month. So send us your picks, either a topic or a case or a wine. And I would love to eat a Reuben right now because I'm drunk and starving. I'll inject so you intravenously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. We love you all. I'm calling this. See you next week. Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. Hey there, I'm Tara. And I'm Jessica. And together we co-host the podcast Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal. Or murder. Join us on Mondays for full-length episodes where we discuss our favorite paranormal stories and true crime cases. And join us again on Thursdays for our mini-sodes called Stabby Snippets, where we tell you all about true crimes happening in the news. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, wherever the hell else you listen to your pods at. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by using the handle at 3 Girls. Come and hang out with us and get your spooky on while we scare the hell out of you. 